1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Right now, it's uh, my pleasure to introduce Mike Hansen, the Director of the Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. Mike is a former state trooper, he has been with the Office of Traffic Safety now a number of years and has been good enough to join us uh, from time to time mike i hope you're doing well
0: i am doing well steve and thanks again for having me on today look forward to our conversation
2: yeah always good to visit with you and uh, we have viral video uh it, certainly scary at best and that is uh an incident on highway 10 near the construction zone Up in Anoka County, and that's a zipper merge gone bad, where you have a car coming up in the left lane, you have a pickup truck that didn't like that, uh, appeared to um, move to the left and bump that vehicle into a cable barrier. Like I say, this has even gone viral on YouTube. All the local channels uh, have had it. There's been a lot of talk about that particular incident. And I thought we would start with the zipper merge how it's supposed to work, why it's in place. There is a tendency for everybody to move over and get in line, but uh, the idea is is to use both lanes all the way up to the point and then have everyone take turns.
0: That's, you couldn't have described it any more accurately. That's exactly how the zipper merge is intended to work. and There's a number of reasons for it, both from an efficiency but even more importantly from a safety standpoint, why it's, it's important to... To know what the zipper merge is and to utilize it the way it's intended, you know, number one, it really reduces that queue. And so it lessens the backup. And oftentimes when you're coming to a construction zone or where there is a lane closure, that queue is where, really significant and sometimes tragic events take place. And so the more you can eliminate or reduce that queue, the more efficient traffic is going to move. And actually, if everybody does the zipper merge properly, it actually helps everybody move quicker than if we all just kind of stack up in that right lane and, uh, you know, Minnesota nice, wait our turn. You know, we get that part of it. But really the, the zipper merge is designed for safety and for efficiency.
2: Yeah, in, in that particular incident, and, and I have seen this in zipper merge situations or if there is an accident and law enforcement on site uh, has closed a lane or a lane is restricted, uh, people do need to merge over. And there are people that think that, well, I'm going to be the keeper of the one lane, You you get behind me and get in line. That's not how it's intended to work. Use both lanes up to the point where you need to move over. I I don't know any other way to explain it. And obviously, someone said, "Well, I'm going to show this person," and bumped them right into the cable barrier. That that could have been a tragic situation.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it, just fortunately, you know, if there were injuries, they were relatively minor from what I understand. Um, yeah. And you know, the other thing to keep in mind. I mean, that that's that's a criminal act when you intentionally. something that likely can cause harm and so you know i'm not privy to the investigation but i'm certain that the law enforcement agencies and the appropriate prosecuting attorney's office are going to be taking a very close look at that and i would fully expect that there will probably be some kind of charge come out of that
2: Uh, mike are you aware or or is it tracked um i I would assume any incident in a construction zone gets even more scrutiny because uh there's, there's the old joke, there's, there's two seasons, really, in Minnesota, uh, winter and road construction. But it is a serious matter, uh, particularly when you're moving into construction zones, and this was very near the big Highway 10 rebuild up in the NOK area.
0: You're right, and, and we do uh, track construction zone incidents in in specifically in a particular way. And we work very closely with our MnDOT folks on the state highway system uh, to really take a close look at those. You know, I think about construction zones, they're very dynamic. They're always changing. You never know quite what to expect. And you have to remember, there's a lot of people that, that work in those construction zones. They're greatly exposed to that traffic moving by them. And we depend on those folks to keep our roads in good condition. And, you know, we have to have some patience and some allowance for them to do the work that needs to be done. And because construction zones are dynamic, they are complex, they're never the same, it really is incumbent on every driver to absolutely give that uh, driving task your absolute full attention uh, the whole time you are approaching, traveling through, and then exiting from that work zone because you just never know what's going to happen.
2: The director of the Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, Mike Hansen is joining us on the line. By the way, if you have a question about the rules of the road, uh, what's legal, what's not legal, uh, 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Mike, earlier this week, I was in for Henry Lake for three nights. He was away in Las Vegas at, at Summer League and... Uh, one of the nights we we spent about an hour talking about excessive speed on the roads, and we have talked about this a lot. It it is an academic, an epidemic. I, I know law enforcement, the state patrol, local law enforcement, uh, sheriff's office around the state uh, of Minnesota are are trying to get people to slow down and abide by the speed limit. But I relayed a couple of incidents visiting my daughter last Sunday and and this was leaving my house at about noon uh, here in the northern suburbs of Hennepin County and driving over to my daughter's house in the Como Park area of St. Paul and got on 610 uh, took Highway 10 over to 35W and then exited over by uh, the fairgrounds in the U and made her way over to her house two separate times um, drivers In my estimation, driving over 100 miles an hour. One on 35W, just blowing down the uh, HOV lane, heading southbound, Um, going so fast. The the only thing I saw was was a blur. It was a white SUV of some type driving insanely fast. And we we talked about it for about an hour on the air that night uh, of people witnessing similar things. It 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 really has gotten out of hand, and I and I'm sure you and everyone in law enforcement is very
0: concerned. Absolutely, it it is really one of our top concerns right now, from a traffic safety and public safety standpoint. Um, is is the speeds that we are seeing out there? You know, cars are designed wonderfully these days, um, and in some cases, maybe too wonderfully. But let me just preface the the conversation with just a couple statistics. You know, we're halfway through. Uh, 2023 right now, and year to date, and this is a lagging number because some of these crashes are still under investigation. But we've at least 54 speed attributed fatalities uh, through July 9th, and that that to be that high already at this point in the year um, is really terrifying for me. Now it's not as bad as we were in in 2022, um, but it is still much higher than we were seeing pre pandemic. You know, as you and I have talked before, the pandemic changed something within our society, and we have to change that back because all of us have to depend on each other to follow the rules of the road. Now, last year, our preliminary statistics showed that at least 129 fatalities were directly attributed to a speed violation. Now, that out of the 444 fatalities that we have preliminarily identified um, last year. So, you know, more than a quarter of of, of our fatalities are directly related to speed. And we're off to a really uh, terrible start to the 100 most traveled days of the year in Minnesota, which is our summer uh, driving season. And, um, you know, we're seeing numbers that we haven't seen in over 10 years and just since the Memorial Day weekend. Here's one other statistic that I can share from my partners at the State Patrol. Last year, Minnesota troopers issued 1,150 speeding tickets for speeds in excess of 100 miles an hour. Mm. That, that, that's just the state patrol. And when we look uh, pre-pandemic, pre-2020, those numbers were between, you know, around 400, 400 plus or minus a year. So, again, we've doubled or even tripled the number of those those critically high speeds that we're seeing out there. And that is not an unintentional, I wasn't paying attention, something, you know, uh, type of speed. That is a deliberate act. And that is a deliberate act that puts every one of us uh, at grave risk of severe injury or death on the road.
2: Yeah, and we, we've seen two separate incidents, just absolute tragedies. Uh, the the uh, person... Uh, driving with excessive speed in the city of Minneapolis slams into a car five young women are are killed and then of course, the most recent incident up in robbinsdale where yeah. where someone driving with excessive speed slams into a minivan, kills a woman, seriously injures her husband uh, they they leave behind two young children, just absolute tragedies, and those are incidents on on city streets, let alone our freeways.
0: And you, that's a great point, Steve. And that's really the part that is, that is scaring, you know, those of us that, that live in this world and look at these statistics. These fatalities aren't taking place necessarily uh, disproportionately on the freeways or on the state drunk highway system. They're taking place on county roads, on township roads, and as you rightly say, on city streets. And, you know, when you think about it, Speed is the one thing that every driver is in control of every moment they are on the road. It's the the one thing that that you control uh, exclusively. And it's the one thing that we ask everybody to pay attention to, you know, along with the other driving rules. Um, And it is also the one thing that makes every other mistake, whether it's yours or another driver's uh, or bad decision. It makes everything worse because of the energy that is involved in these kind of speeds. And that's that's it's a personal responsibility thing. If you think about it, people who are driving like that are acting quite selfishly. Um, they are putting all of us at risk uh, so that they can treat the road like a personal playground.
2: Yeah, just absolutely terrifying. What can we do about it? We'll get into that with Mike in a moment. Uh, there's still time if you have a question or comment for Mike, 651 461 651 We talked about that uh, terrifying zipper merge incident um, on Highway 10 at the top of the show, and then we're talking about excessive speed on our roads. And when you witness erratic driving or excessive speed, uh, what, what can you do? We will get into that in a moment here on News Talk, E3LWCCO. Pleased to be joined by Mike Hansen, the Director of the Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. Uh, We're talking about uh, disturbing incidents on our roads, uh, excessive speed being the culprit. And Mike, we we have brought this up before, lay it out for us, if if someone... uh, sees another driver driving erratically or excessive speed. We're not we're not talking going a few miles over the speed limit. We're we're talking what I witnessed two separate incidents on my trip last Sunday where drivers were going probably or, or very close to double the speed limit. It was unbelievable. Um what what do people do?
0: Uh, very good question and thanks for the opportunity to, to bring it back up to the front end. Um, If a driver, if you are out there and you do witness something that you feel strongly is likely to result in a serious crash, um, the thing to do is call 911. There's an exception in the hands-free cell phone law for that. Be prepared to tell the dispatcher what roadway you're on, what direction you're going. Uh, approximate location uh, where the uh, event is taking place as much of a vehicle description as you can now granted if somebody rocks by you at 100 miles an hour you're going to see a green something just went by me. and and, you know the dispatchers will if there is an officer available and in the area they they take those complaints very seriously and they will try and intercept uh, that dangerous driver and take the appropriate action so Again, if somebody really thinks that something is very serious going on that's going to result in a crash, call 911.
2: The other night when I was in for Henry Lake on the Lake Show, and by the way, the entire show is available at our website, wccoradio.com, and you can go to Henry's page. We talked for, for a long time on this particular topic of excessive speed. And and some callers and texters brought up something really interesting. Can we use technology? Because once upon a time at stoplights, there, you take a photo and get a ticket for running red lights, etc. Um, there, there's some question about the legality of that or constitutionality of that. But nevertheless, could technology be used to slow drivers down that, for instance, heading south on 35W in the neighborhood of 694, That white SUV had to be going 100 miles an hour. I would be shocked if it was anything under that. Is there technology or something that you'd at least be able to photograph the vehicle and investigate that later?
0: Yes, and again, that's a great question. And it's actually very timely because as a result of the legislative session that concluded uh, uh, this year, um, our office will be working on a study um, and making some recommendations to the legislature regarding uh, speed safety cameras and or automated speed enforcement, which is utilizing a camera and a radar system uh, to do exactly that, specifically in work zones and in school zones. Now, if we, we look at, at, at our, our partners in the European Union, uh, technology is widely used for speed management in a variety of different ways. So the answer to your question is yes, the technology exists. It is very good. It is very solid. And we just need legislative approval uh, to begin to utilize some of that. Uh, once we have that, we avoid the constitutional uh, questions and uh, get the, the full authority to utilize that technology. So that is something that we will be continue to take a look at, and it is something that is gaining much wider spread use across the United States, um, as other states are doing the same thing that we are, looking at it and trying to find ways to make the enforcement more efficient and more effective.
2: I, I brought it up. The other night, and I'll bring it up again today. I remember from driver's ed all those years ago. Driving is not a right; it is a privilege. And sharing the roadways and acting responsible is everyone's responsibility. And these idiots that are out there driving, like the person in that white SUV driving over a hundred miles an hour in the HOV lane heading southbound, um, I, I I'm all in favor of it. I it and and mike this is your job and i i i'm certainly on your side to to slow people down cuz it's crazy
0: right well and you know this conversation again is very timely because during the entire month of july Uh, The DPS Office of Traffic Safety is supporting a statewide speed and focused enforcement initiative. We're working with our partners at the State Patrol and over 300 other law enforcement agencies across the state. And we're providing them with not an insubstantial amount of overtime funding for them to go out and to exclusively work on speed. Now, certainly they'll take action with the other stuff that they see out there. uh, But there are extra officers out there right now, and they are working very hard uh, to reduce those risks that all of us face when somebody chooses to violate that speed limit.
2: Yeah. And you you would think that, uh, with, with the, the technologies readily available there, there certainly would be expense to implement, but, um, you know, as, as roadways are reconstructed, et cetera, I, I think it would be a, a very valuable tool. Let's get to the text line before we run out of time. Um, This is a follow-up to what we talked about coming out of the break on what can people do. Since a person can rarely get a license plate number uh, of those people who are speeding and endangering the lives of the rest of us, um, is a description, as you pointed out, direction enough to at least call that in?
0: Yes, it is, because chances are if you're calling it in, the behavior is egregious enough where if we have a general area description and a general vehicle description, it's going to be pretty easy for an officer who may be in the area to identify, uh, the, uh, the vehicle that, that, that is doing that. So yeah, if you, if you can give us just a basic idea of what's going on and where and what the offending vehicle looks like, we can try.
2: Uh, Follow-up from what we started with, and that is that disturbing zipper merge incident on Highway 10 and the construction in Anoka County that uh, I think about just everyone has seen by now. It has certainly made the rounds of viral video on that zipper merge incident where uh, that pickup truck uh, checked that vehicle into the cable barrier. Um, is, is the zipper merge an issue just here, or is there trouble with that around the country? What have you seen, Mike?
0: You know, that's probably a, a very good question. It's not anything that, that I've seen, you know, as part of a national discussion in any of the groups that I, I sure. work with. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say it's just exclusively Minnesota. Um, it's like any change in, in past practices and historic ways of doing things. When you introduce it, there's always going to be uh, some resistance and some misunderstandings of why we do it and the purpose of it. Um, so I guess that, that's a longer answer than you were probably looking for that didn't really answer the question. Uh, but I don't think it's just Minnesota, but I think you're seeing these highlighted uh, because, in particular because of the one case that we've talked about.
2: And then uh, finally, Mike, um, any updates on the the front of – distracted driving we know impaired driving has been an initiative by uh, not only the the state patrol but local law enforcement but distracted driving has become front and center because as we've talked about there's more and more safety technology in vehicles than ever Uh, airbags uh, all, all sorts of other stuff built into vehicles they're they're constructed uh, to be safer than ever, but the distractions, the impairments etc are are still an issue
0: right and and probably the biggest improvement uh, or change in our distracted uh, approach was a, a minor change to the hands free law that the legislature passed this year It just it needed a little bit of clarification about what an officer observed um, as far as a driver interacting with an electronic device. And now all the officer has to do is simply see it in your hand. If the electronic device is in your hand, that is the violation. The officer doesn't know and doesn't need to know what you were doing on it. It doesn't matter. You cannot have it in your hand. The only way that a driver can interact with that electronic device is using single-touch or voice activation and nothing Internet-related. It's only for uh, phone calls or to dictate a text message.
2: And then, uh, finally, uh, impaired drivers. I know there's been field sobriety tests for a long, long time, breathalyzers, etc. Is there new technology in the work? to uh, discover other forms of impairment as uh, marijuana becomes more readily available and then legal for adult use here in the state of Minnesota, recreational marijuana.
0: Oh, yeah, we could talk for a whole hour on this topic <laughs> okay. uh, and then some. Uh, but, yes, again, as a result of some very good legislative uh, action this year, we are going to be doing a pilot project testing an or- a roadside oral fluid test. That will detect things other than alcohol, and so we're in the process of putting this together. Um, and it will detect, you know, the active ingredient in cannabis that makes people high, and it also looks at, uh, I believe, five or six other drug categories: the opioids, the the heroin, the things like that. Um, and so we're we're really looking forward to putting a really valuable tool in the hands of law enforcement once we complete the pilot project.
2: All right, Mike, well, we, we hope to have you back soon. Thanks so much for the update. I, I know uh, motorists are certainly concerned about safety, and like I say, the reaction the other night, uh, just a full hour. A lot of people had a lot of a lot of input on it, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon.
0: You bet. My pleasure. I always appreciate the opportunity to come on your show and to have a conversation, so look forward to the future.
2: All right, there he is, Mike Hansen, the director. The Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?